You're listening to Church on the Park Inspiration Podcast. Brought to you by Holy Fire. And broadcasting from the heart of Brisbane City, Australia. Speaking today is Pastor Glenn Gerhauser. and pray. Father, we commit this message into your hands that you would speak to us, that we would hear your voice, that we would be changed and transformed, that that our lives would be uh, strengthened in your love, that we would know that even in this uh, rough time for Brisbane and the world, that you are with us and you have a purpose for us. And I'm praying that you would breathe on the word and and help me to uh, share it in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, and let's do what we always do, our hands on our hearts, and say this with conviction. Dear Jesus, Jesus, speak to my heart heart. and and change my life in your precious name. Amen. 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 So the message this morning is entitled the CIA. The CIA. Now, what do I mean by that? Some of you may know. uh, This is the fifth message in uh, dwelling with God. Some of you may know what I mean by that, but I'll I'll, uh, explain it very soon. So we're going to Jeremiah 29, verses 4 through 7. Jeremiah chapter 29, 4 through 7. Well, we were talking about being a new wineskin a couple months ago and being flexible. And thank, thank you for being flexible and uh, meeting here. We sure didn't expect that our meeting place would be flooded out. And it can be many months before we return. But we will be, after this, we'll be meeting in the city at our headquarters. Um, but... Yeah, one of the things that God is teaching us as his people is to be flexible, uh, is to be elastic. Uh, We can't be stuck in the same mold all the time. And God pours his new wine into new wineskins. Now let's read from Jeremiah 29, 4 through 7. Uh, This is the NASB version. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I've sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and live in them, and plant gardens and eat their produce. That part, plant gardens, that was for you, Fran. (laughs) Build houses and live in them, and plant gardens and eat their produce. Take wives and become the fathers of sons and daughters. And take wives for your sons and give your daughters to husbands that they may bear sons and daughters. And multiply there and do not decrease. Seek the welfare. This word in Hebrew is shalom. So I'll put that in there. Seek the the shalom 
of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to Yahweh on its behalf. For in its shalom, you will have shalom. For in its shalom or welfare, you will have welfare. Or some say it like, for in its prosperity, you will have prosperity. So the theme this morning is the church in action loves with God's love. The church in action loves with God's love. So what do I mean by the CIA? I mean the church in action. <laughs> the CIA, the church in action. <laughs> so you thought I had some secret thing going on here, but no. The church in action. Uh, little did we know last week that another flood would rock Brisbane and our beloved meeting place would be inundated with water. Uh, at the same time, Ukraine is being bombarded by Russia. We mentioned that last week. And the world is trying to walk on eggshells with Putin uh, so that we don't have another world war. These times call us to arise and be the church of Jesus, our Messiah. And many uh, in Brisbane and around the world will put on a tough face, uh, but know that they are deeply hurting and shaken inside. Uh, last week we saw from Romans 8, 31 through 39, that none of these things have the power to sever us from our Messiah's love. Amen? None of these things that are happening in the world have the power to remove us, cut us off, or sever us from our Messiah's love, Jesus' love. And today we're going to explore three ways that Jesus' love should flow through us. Three ways that Jesus' love should flow through us. So the first one, and I hope this works. Hey, it did something, but it's not. <laughs> it's the thing is blocking, so. Oh, well. I, I'm, oops, there we go. Uh, well, anyway. Our first point, sorry, I cannot fix that. Our first point is love your city and community with God's love. Do I hear an amen? Love your city and community with God's love. Now, if the Jews had any excuse not to love their city, they could have found it in their Babylonian captivity. What a time they lived in. The Babylonians destroyed their capital city, Jerusalem. They just did that. Their capital city, Jerusalem, was destroyed. The Babylonians ripped apart God's house and ripped Israel out of their homeland. So they were displaced. They were abused, oppressed. And the Babylonians destroyed the time that this prophecy is being spoken by Jeremiah. It's the time just before, I mean, just after, just after the Babylonians had uh, destroyed the house of God and deported all of Israel throughout their empire. So the Jews even saw their babies dashed against the rocks, and it talks about that in Psalm 137. So they were very badly mistreated. 
And yet God says for them to seek the shalom of the city they've been deported to. One of the whichever city they were in, in Babylonia, they were to pray for the shalom, which meant the prosperity and the peace and the welfare of their city. In other words, they were to, to settle in and make a positive difference in the community. There's somebody that's uh, not uh, muted, so make sure if you can mute your uh, uh, audio so it doesn't leak through. Um, thank you. So God says for them to seek the shalom of the city they've been deported to, in other words, to settle in and make a positive difference in the community. And don't cause trouble, but seek peace. Now, I would, I would think that all of them would be tempted to cause trouble, to be upset, to complain, to hate the very city that they're in because they have been displaced there. They're, they're there against their will. It is a, a tough place to be. So all of the emotions would be raging to not want to see their city prosper, but wanting to see their city collapse because of what they had been through. Are you with me here? Yahweh even has the audacity to tell them to pray for their cities, to ask him to prosper them. So they were called to pray for the cities that they were in, that God would prosper them. We would think that they should curse their invaders and and uh, sabotage their cities, to curse their invaders and sabotage their cities, but that's not what the Lord says. Here is a very different response. It's a response of transcendent love. Here's a very different response to what we would expect. It's a response of transcendent love. You got to help me here. Amen. Hallelujah. You're with me. You're following me. Can I hear an amen? amen? Very good. And the Lord makes it clear that they shouldn't seek to escape their city, but invest in it. So, of course, their desire would have been want, wanting to escape, but they were going to be there for a while. 70 years in total, and so they were to invest in this, their city, especially invest in praying for their city, but in all different ways, in a holistic way. Now, if God called the Israelites to love the cities of their enemy, if God called the Israelites to love the cities of their enemy, how much more are we called to love our own city and our own community? wherever it may be. Now, Andrew is going to be uh, traveling the world. You have a divine commission from the Lord to pray for shalom for every city and place that you go to and to see God bring life and revival there. So we're going to be praying for Andrew later. And yeah, he's being commissioned by the Lord right now to, to do this very thing. And this is... This time that we're in, when our city has been rocked in many places, uh, this time that we're in, we need to be the church in action, praying for our city and looking for opportunities to act.
praying for our city and looking for opportunities to act. This is one of the things that Yushi and I did yesterday. We walked around Milton, Rosalie, and Auchenflower, and we prayed. Uh, uh, we prayed for the area. We, we were like spies going around, surveying the area all around the school. And it is uh, a, a real mess there. Uh, but people seem to be, there seems to be uh, groups of people and family at each house helping because all around that school, people have lost everything in their homes. And we asked if some people needed help, but they, um, they, were, uh, they had enough help. Uh, but we went around the whole neighborhood. We prayed and we looked and we observed. And, and in the end, we talked to the principal of the school there, Milton State School. He was very busy. And I liked Yushi, what he did when the media started to come, because all the media converges there at Milton State School. Uh, and all the media started to come, the cameras, and Yushi says, okay, it's time to get out of here. <laughs> but they, they were, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's not, <laughs> so I didn't want to, I didn't really want to be on TV either. But they were probably interviewing Paul Zernike. He's the principal there. And let's keep on praying for Milton and Milton State School because God has placed us there, but it's going to take a while for us to get back there. And then soon we're going to be in the center of Brisbane City, and we're going to be worshiping in the center of the city together. We do that at Bible school, but we'll be doing that on Sundays. And I think that's strategic and very important. Now, observe in our passage that God's will is the multiplication of his people as seed. He wants his people to multiply, as we were reading in Jeremiah uh, 29 verses 4 through 7. Now this is a passage just before I know, my, I know the plans I have for you. So this is the context here. Right after this, God is going to be saying, I know the plans that I have for you. But here, uh, before that, he's saying, bear sons and daughters and multiply there and do not decrease. So here we can see that God's will is the multiplication of his people, the multiplication of his seed. Even in the midst of a hostile territory. So they're to multiply even in the midst of this hostile territory. God's love is not stagnant like a mosquito-infested swamp. We're here in the wetlands and we got a lot of mosquitoes. That's because the water is quite stagnant. The mosquitoes love stagnant waters. Um, but God's love is not stagnant like a mosquito-infested swamp. Instead, God's love flows. God's love flows like a river. And when we receive God's love, Sorry. bring out the hazmat suits. <laughs> when we receive, when we receive God's love, it would meant, it's meant to flow through us. God is seeking to deliver us. And I'm thinking of all of God's people, us included. God is seeking to deliver us from small-minded thinking. Uh, he wants us to have his heart for the city we live in and the cities we live in. Did you, did you hear that? 
we can tend to have a small-minded thinking where we're thinking about ourselves, our own families, uh, our own, uh, you know, lives, our own circle. But God wants to deliver us from small-minded thinking. He wants us to have a heart for the cities we live in. We see this with Daniel and Diane, and we're praying for them uh, as they go on, but they have a heart for all the cities and all the villages and all the towns and all the places in Australia, and we should have that grand big heart. In all of this, in all of this uh, trouble, God is stretching us so that we would open up. We need to have a big heart to open up to the community, to the city, to open up our homes, to, to reach out. And one of the, I was blessed uh, on Monday, and Anna wouldn't like me sharing this, but I'll share it. She, we had extra dinner, so she brought the dinner over to our neighbor's house uh, around here, and they were very appreciative. They came over uh, later, and they were so appreciated, and Anna said it was, it was God's love to them. And it's simple things like that. You have extra dinner, you bring it to your neighbor's, and... Anna's bold like that. You know, she goes up and here it is. It was salmon cooked in coconut. Uh, uh, what, what do you call it? Co- um, coconut cream and all that. It was, it had, it was beautiful uh, dinner. And they, they were uh, blessed by that. And it's a great example for all of us to get out of our comfort zones. And when you get out of your comfort zone, uh, again, like Daniel and Diane, like Anna, when you get out of your comfort zone, that's where you see the miracles. And you just do, basically do what the Holy Spirit is prompting on your heart to do. You don't have to develop a whole grand scheme for winning your city for Christ. But you have to have that love in your heart and ask, Holy Spirit, how can I make a difference? So it's easy for us to fall into the trap of just thinking about our life, our family, or church or our circle group. But our purpose as a church is to transform our city, to transform our city. So how do we do this? This brings us to point two. So our purpose is to transform our city. And we do this every day of the week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, even when we're not meeting together. So again, how do we do this? This brings us to point two, love, Yahweh's voice. We can all say that together. Love Yahweh's voice. And this is Psalm 29. And I'm going to read Psalm 29. I'm going to put it on the screen there. As the floodwaters devastated parts of Brisbane and Queensland, the Holy Spirit led me to Psalm 29. And like last week, I was inspired to embark on a fresh translation of Psalm 29. And you can, if you're listening to this, you can find it at brisbanefire.com slash infographics. And I'm going to put it on the screen soon so you can get it from brisbanefire.com infographics. And I'll send it, try to send out the link this week. I'll go to it now. Here is the infographic. You can see it's got the lightning and the storm there. And I'll read it. Psalm 29, I'll read it to you. Come give to Yahweh, children of might. Come give to Yahweh glory and strength. Come give to Yahweh the glory fit for his name. Bow down to Yahweh's holy 
and royal radiance. Yahweh's voice soars over the waters. The God of glory roars. Yahweh thunders over the great waters. Yahweh's voice is strong. Yahweh's voice is splendid. Yahweh's voice shatters mighty trees. Yahweh shatters the cedars of Lebanon. He moves Lebanon to leap, bounding like a young bull. Even Sirion springs like the offspring of a wild bull. Yahweh's voice stokes fiery flames. Yahweh's voice shakes the paddock. Yahweh shakes the pasture of Kadesh. Yahweh's voice moves the deer to bear suddenly in the thicket. And in the temple, all cry, glory. Let's say glory. glory. <laughs> hey, that's good. Yahweh dwells over the deluge. Yahweh sits enthroned as king forever. Yahweh gives refuge and strength to his people. Yahweh blesses his people with shalom, peace, wholeness, and security. So we see there Yahweh dwells over the deluge, or he sits over the flood. He sits enthroned as king forever. Let me explain this psalm a little bit more. It's a vivid portrait of the power and glory of Yahweh's voice and of Yahweh himself. And the two are one. God's voice and himself are one, as we see in John chapter 1. Greater than the storms and floods we go through is Yahweh's love. Yahweh's love is greater than the storms and floods we go through. Psalm 29 is a poetic song. Mizmor la David in the Hebrew. Mizmor means a poetic song, or we translate it often as a psalm. And this poetic song paints a picture of a massive storm rolling down through Israel. It seems to begin in the Mediterranean Sea by Lebanon, which is north of Israel. It's the top part. In, in the olden times, Lebanon was part of Israel, and this is the northern kingdom, uh, or the northern part, the northern part of Israel. And it seems like this storm is beginning to develop in the Mediterranean Sea by Lebanon, and it makes its way to the southern border of Israel, Kadesh, Kadesh Barnea. And so we see that David is... Uh, observing this storm that is going across the whole country, the whole nation from north to south of Israel. The storm rocks the land, even causing deer to give birth to their fawn prematurely. And the storm reminds David of Yahweh's voice, which is greater than the storm, and he compares the storm to God's voice. And we should also hear God's voice through creation. And so this is, as David is experiencing this and he's writing about this, he is hearing God's voice through creation. And there's also a wordplay going on in the Hebrew. Uh, the word that's oft, often repeated here over and over again is kol. Kol is the Hebrew word. It sounds like all in Hebrew, but this is spelt differently, kol. And kol is the word for voice, kol, voice. But it's also the word for 
thunder and loud noise. And so there's a wordplay going on where Yahweh's voice is like thunder. So it says call and call will bring to our minds both a voice and thunder. And it's that voice that's found in the garden when Yahweh is seeking after Adam and Eve. The voice of the Lord, the call, is seeking after Adam and Eve and saying, where are you? And some uh, commentators have said, well, it was like a storm that was seeking after Adam and Eve. God was in his fury coming. And, uh, but then other pictures that he's coming, it could also be that he's coming gently and softly. I see it as God's coming to restore. The storm, again, reminds David of Yahweh's voice. Yahweh's call. And like I said before, the call means thunder or great noise. Whatever is going on, we should daily seek what, it got, what God is saying. We shouldn't just come to our own uh, thoughts about it. Uh, of course, we all have emotions. I have emotions too. I, uh, to be honest, I have bad memories from 2011 when... The flood happened uh, in Brisbane because it took us a long time to get back to church. Our church was shaken up. And, and let's pray that we love each other and we walk through all of this together. I had some bad memories from, from that. Also some good memories uh, from that time. During that time in 2011, we were helping with the flood effort. And the Westpac Bank nominated us as uh, best not not-for-profit so there was a few of us that were nominated we didn't win it but we were nominated for uh, best not not-for-profit organization so that was a good memory from 2011 another thing that happened in 2011 was Anna had a skating uh, accident where she shattered her shoulder and it was hard to manage yeah yeah and it was months and months where she couldn't drive. And it was good for her. It was good for Anna because the doctor said, hey, you know, you just have to sit and rest. And I was like, I was trying to hold it together, you know, still, you know, ministering at church, the Bible school, picking up the kids, uh, making dinners. Uh, yeah, yeah, I had to, I had to cancel different things, and but it was a, it was a tough time, but God, God got us through. Yeah, and that's where the morning thoughts came from because I was at the cafe and I was feeling quite despondent and discouraged. I would drop off the kids and then I go to cafe, a cafe, Gloria Jeans back then. It's not there anymore, but. And I would go and have my devotions. And it's a little bit harder to have your ca uh, devotions in a cafe because there's the, the noise and Katy Perry's playing and this and that. So. <laughs> you know, so, um, but I, want, I was writing down, you know, what I was feeling deeply discouraged. So I was writing down an encouragement for myself, my morning thought. And I thought maybe other people could use this too. And so that's where the morning thoughts developed out of. So it was both a, a tough time, but also a time where God was uh, very precious to us too. But of, of course, everything happening again brings back a 
some of those bad memories where I need to pray, Lord, please heal me and let me hear what you're saying. Let me hear your voice. And in things, in times like this, we will have our emotions that rage, but greater than that is God's voice and we need to hear what God is saying daily, daily. Yeah. What God says, what God says will rumble and shake us because it disrupts our comfortable way of thinking. So notice how Yahweh's voice is soaring over the waters. The God of glory roars. Yahweh thunders over the great waters. Yahweh's voice is strong and splendid. You see it's shaking. It's stoking flames. It's shaking the paddock. It's, uh, it's shaking the pasture. Um, it is having this shaking effect. And God's voice disrupts our comfortable ways of thinking and we want to think about you know me myself and I and and let me just protect my own stuff and God is saying love the city pray for the city have a heart for the city shalom pray shalom make a difference in your city and also as God's people rise up we can definitely be a light in our city You see, again, with Jeremiah, what he said was contrary to what most of the exiles wanted to hear. The exiles wanted to hear something that was uh, probably different. They were probably wanting to hear the exiles in Babylon, revenge, justice, and, and uh, revenge, justice. Even Psalm 137 pictures that they wanted the same things done to Babylon that were done to them they smashed the babies against the rocks let it be done to them you know you hear that and that's one of the parts of scripture where we was like oh that's, a, that's one of the roughest parts of scripture how do we how do we deal with that but you basically you're seeing the the the, the pain that's in their heart because they saw this done to their babies and they wanted revenge and then the prophet brings a word and the prophet says so good thing that's recorded in Scripture because now we know the pain that they're experiencing. Uh, and the prophet says, though, don't leave your city. Don't sabotage your city. Pray for shalom. Pray for shalom. Pray that it prospers. Uh, because if it prospers, you will prosper. If it has shalom, you'll have shalom. And you know shalom is this word that means completeness and soundness in Hebrew as well as peace and prosperity. So it has that uh, whole deep range of meaning. So you know you're hearing God's voice when it stokes, shakes, and even shatters you. <laughs> Are you with me here? <laughs> you, you know you're hearing, you know you're hearing God's voice when it, it stokes, shakes, and even shatters you. Yet God's voice will always give you true strength. It will give you true strength. Not that false facade of strength, but true strength. God's voice will give you true strength and shalom. And you'll see this at the end there. Um, it says Yahweh gives refuge and strength to his people. Yahweh blesses his people with shalom. And I like to sometimes leave the word shalom untranslated. So because it's a word that has such a depth of meaning, but that's why I say pay, peace, wholeness, and security in this translation, to, to communicate the sense of that word, shalom, peace, wholeness, and security. 
Yahweh blesses his people with shalom. So right now we really need God's strength so we can do his will, so we can get out of our comfort zone, and also his shalom in this time. Well, I have a couple of photos here. Uh, this is, uh, I show this on Facebook. So this is last Sunday. So as we were uh, meeting and worshiping, this is what was happening. This is Peter Stagg's kayak, and he's with his son Malachi, and they were going around helping people. Peter and, uh, Peter and Rachel Stagg are dear members of our church. Um, sometimes they can't come because they, they work on Sunday at the markets, but they connect through uh, online. Well, Peter was going around. He was thinking of the people of Milton, and he, he went there with his kayak and was helping people as the whole place was flooding. And you could see the whole place turned into a lake. And he said he was kayaking under the shelter where we meet for church. So he was, ki he was kayaking under it. So that is, that's Milton State School. Now the waters have subsided, as Yushi and I saw. And uh, immediately after all of this, I was reading Genesis about the flood, Genesis chapter 6 through 9. And here I'm reading it, like I'm in my room reading this. And Anna's saying, come, come, come outside. Look at this, look at this. And there's this, this the rainbow is even bigger than this. I couldn't get it all in the picture. But there's this massive rainbow. You may have saw it in your, uh, where you live, uh, because it was like all over Brisbane. And so here is this, uh, here's this massive rainbow. And uh, it, it turned into a double rainbow, too, reminding us of God's covenant love toward us. God's and this is not the end. It's a new beginning, but it's not the end. So there's Valerie. And this is Yushi and I. There's Yushi. I'm glad that he came with me because he looks the part with his, his vest on. <laughs> And this is, this is across the street from the school. So the school is right here. And this is everywhere around Milton State School. So we were walking, and this is everywhere around Milton State School is the devastation of people losing everything. And they had already lost everything in 2011. So much of the ministry that is needed is after, months and months afterward. After the mud army disappears and the help disappears, then you have to get on with life. It's like when you have a death in a family, the funeral, everybody comes to the funeral. And, and there's some comfort in that. But then everybody leaves. And you've got to carry this grief, which often is there for years and years. Uh, and this is where the ministry of God's people is needed, is not just in the immediate moment. In the immediate moment's important, but for the months and the years to come, people need to know uh, God's love. What else do we have here? Oh, yeah, and this was, this was after the water subsided. This is, of course, the meeting place. That's the, all the mud. All the mud, the whole place is muddy. And the grass, the grass is a bit, yeah, the grass is a bit muddy, but not as probably muddy as 2011. The good, the good news is they cleared, they cleared this out. They, they've cleaned this. There's no, the, the community is not allowed in there like last time. It's just professionals called uh, the Q-Build. 
and they're in that area and the professionals are taking care of everything, but there's lots of damage. I think all of our chairs would be thrown in the rubbish too. We got about $1,000 or so worth of chairs. Uh, and I think they'll all be thrown in the rubbish. Um, so there's a lot of rubbish. Everything on the first level, most of the classes are on the second level, but there was instruments and everything on the, on the first level was uh, destroyed. So this is the challenge before us. Oh, yeah. Uh, did you see this? This is a true story, right? Straight from the Word of God. <laughs> Aliens watching season 2022 of Earth. And it went from pandemic to World War III in less than two episodes. <laughs> What's happening here? <laughs> so, aliens watching the season of 2022 of Earth. Okay, we don't believe in aliens in this church. This is a meme. <laughs> right? we, we believe, yeah. I'm the, I'm the alien from America, right? <laughs> And this is the, the last point here. Last and most important, uh, love the Lord. Last and most important is for us to love the Lord. Before I get into this some more, I was interesting that Sunday before the flood. Now, I'll go back here. Sunday before the flood, what was the message that Anna spoke? It was uh, the man that was born blind. Do you remember the man that was born blind? And Jesus put the mud on the blind man's eyes. And then when he washed that mud, he was able to see. So the Sunday before this happened, it was, uh, th there was no mud. And I mean, he, Anna spoke, the Sunday before this happened, Anna was talking about the dirt, the spit, the mud. And then the next Sunday, the whole place, the whole Milton is mud. Right? The whole meeting place is flooded and covered with mud. What does God want to do through this flood? Well, exactly what he did in John chapter 9. He wants to open up our eyes so that we see his kingdom. And he wants to open up people's eyes to see Jesus. And this is what we need to pray that God would cleanse people's eyes through the mud, they would see Jesus. Even right now, we want to pray that Milton, Auchenflower, Rosalie, Goodna, all, uh, Lismore, all the areas affected by the flood, that through the mud, they would see Jesus. Amen. Through the mud, you would recreate eyes to see to see Jesus, to see your kingdom, to be born again. I was once blind, but now I see. Lord, let that happen all over this east coast of Australia. Let it be transformed in Jesus' name. So he, desi he desires, we're almost finished here, but he desires to heal. He desires to heal the eyes of the church because the church needs to see before the world and the lost can see. And so this is God wants to open up our eyes so that we can see. And we need to see our city with the Father's love. We need to see our city with the Father's love. See our community with his eyes. And, that's, and when we do that, we're praying for shalom. And we're the church in action. When we see, then we're the church in action. 
And we love, we're, we're the people who love Yahweh's voice uh, by valuing it more than our daily bread. So more than our daily bread, more than the chips, okay, I love. <laughs> we love God's word. That's okay, it's there for you to enjoy. But we, lo we love the, the Lord more than our daily bread, more than food. So again, this brings us to our last point, last and most important, love the Lord, Romans 8.28. And I want to read that uh, to you, Romans chapter 8, verse 28, very classic verse. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God. Notice how it says to those who love God. Say love God. To those who are called according to his purpose. That's so important, his purpose. They, and they know their purpose in God, that it's his purpose. And they know that calling. And we know our calling as God's people is to love our city and to pray for it and to be a light in it. And you, you, at first, you know, it's uncomfortable to step out of your comfort zone. But when you do it, you see God move and act and turn things for the good and we know that God causes all things again there's that word all all things to work together for good to those who love God to those who are called according to his purpose and then later on in this chapter we see what we saw last week what then shall we say to these things if God is for us who is against us or if God is over us who can come down on us? God is over us and he's our shield and he's sheltering us. Then who can come down on us? And if we are raised with Christ, how can anybody touch us? Nothing can separate us from his love. So these are important things to remember. All these points that we're making today, all these ways to love are one. It's the Messiah's love within you that enables you to love the Lord. It's the Messiah's love that is in you that enables you to love the Lord. It's not by your own goodness or strength that we love the Lord. It's his love within us by which we love him. And that's the amazing thing about grace. I hope you can comprehend that. Though, do we fully comprehend that? Who knows? It's the love of Jesus in us that moves us to love our Father. And it's the love of Jesus in us that moves us to love our city. And the loving the Lord always begins with receiving his love. Knowing that nothing can separate us from that love. Receiving it, taking it in. Uh, being immersed in it. Like we said before, Romans 8.28 says, God works all things together for the good of those who love God. Lovers are givers. So we see there in Psalm 29, come, give to Yahweh. Come, give to Yahweh. Other versions may say, ascribe to the Lord. It's all about giving. Come, give to Yahweh. Uh, lovers are givers. So when we come to Yahweh, it's not all about receiving. It's both receiving and giving. The lovers are givers. Uh, we see that. Where, where's Gideon at? He's over there. Yeah, um, right when he started loving Monica, 
<laughs> it was giving a lot, and that, that's what happens. And I remember all the gifts giving to Anna over the years. Uh, she's, she's asking, though, now, where, where's my latest? No, <laughs> so that one pastor gifted his wife a Lamborghini, and that was quite controversial. He's one of the guys that speaks at one of the famous churches here in uh, Australia, but he's uh, American. I won't mention names, but I guess you could guess if you have to. <laughs> and the guy gifted his wife a Lamborghini. So please give in the tithes and offerings today because... <laughs> I'm just joking around. There, there is, there's, there's always a need. There's always a need for the giving of the saints too. But the give, giving I'm talking about right now is that giving of worship. Lovers are worshipers. Lovers are worshipers. Again, the call of the beginning of Psalm 29 is to worship Yahweh. And lovers value Yahweh's voice above every other voice. So that voice is so precious to them. They value that voice above every other voice. And lovers know that Yahweh always re reciprocates the love we give to him. So we give him love, and he also gives back to us. He first gives to us, then we give back to him, and then he gives back to us. And it's a constant cycle and flow. He gives back. And he gives us strength, refuge, and shalom. And that's how Psalm 29 ends. Yahweh gives his people strength. Yahweh gives his people shalom. And lovers are the greatest witness of Jesus' glory. So you just, you, you just loving Jesus and letting that love overflow out of your life, this is the greatest witness of Jesus' glory. Lovers are the greatest witness of Jesus' glory. And I think, what are they playing? The piano in the background, that means it's time to call the, have the altar call. <laughs> So in conclusion, in conclusion, love your city and community with God's love. First thing is love your city and community with God's love. And then the second thing is love Yahweh's voice. So love your city and community with God's love. Love Yahweh's voice. And then... The third thing is last and most important, love the Lord. And they all, they all go together. All these three things cannot be separated. And when we do these things, we are the church in action. We are the CIA. Amen. So we're starting a new chapter of the CIA here in Australia. And uh, God's been testing us and... You are, you are now accepted. <laughs> here is, you're accepted into the CIA. So, Father, here we are. We, we love you. We love your voice. Above every other voice, we love your voice. And your voice is good. Your voice is good, Father. I'm praying that we would know your voice in this time and that all of us would be voice activated and we would be activated to love, that we would be a people who love, Lord. Just let us be that. Let us be that people 
who love you more than anything. That love just overflows through our life. Thank you, Jesus. I'm praying that you would give us, give us, Father, your strength that we need in this time. Give us shalom, because how can we bring shalom to our city unless we are established in shalom? So bring a deep shalom into our hearts and minds so that when we're going to work and we're going out into the community and we're going out throughout the day, we carry that shalom and we bring shalom to the areas where we work and we fight for that shalom in prayer. And I'm praying for your people in Brisbane to have a heart for the city of Brisbane, the whole city, Lord. Not just the suburbs and villages, they're important. Each one is important, but the whole city, Lord. Give your people a heart for Brisbane and give your people a heart for the nation and all the towns and villages that we would bring your shalom, your peace to every place. And that you would just surprise us all here, that you would use us in ways that we, were, we, we weren't even expecting but you would use us in these ways. Uh, each one, Lord, let the river of love flow through each one. Let the river of life flow through each one. Let all that deposit, there's been so much of a good deposit in, in all of us here through the years of messages and words and things you have spoken. Let, it all, let all the riches of that come out. Come out to each one. Let the riches come out and, and be able to give uh, that strength to the people around us, be able to give that wealth of God's wealth to the people around us. Silver and gold, I have none, but such as I have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. walk. That's the power we have in you, Jesus, because you live in us. And Jesus, you're the same God yesterday, today, and forever. And Father, I lift up our own congregation that we would not be shaken, even though our place of meeting is different, even though we, we have been uh, disrupted. But Lord, your word is not disrupted. And you're still saying, follow me. And we're still called to live, love one another. And you, you've blessed us with a great place in the city as well as our different homes that we have. So Father, use all these things for your glory. Yahweh, use all these things for your glory and help us that we would see our congregation multiply during this time and not shrink. We would multiply. We would grow. We would uh, prosper. Your shalom would be with us as a congregation. And it would be a testimony that even without the things that normally would be needed, a stable place, that even without those things, you can still give us shalom. You can still bless us and prosper us even though we're, we're moving around. And, and we were getting a little bit out of our comfort zone, even today probably, maybe a little bit out of our comfort zone on Zoom and here. But Lord, in all these things, bring shalom to church on the park. Bring shalom to all of our lives. Bring shalom to everyone at home in Jesus' name. And if you can, if you're next to uh, Andrew, let's, uh, I'll invite up Anna too, if you can come. Let's, let's, uh, Lay hands on Andrew, and you can extend your hand if you're not close. And first we're praying your shalom for Fran, Daniel, and Diane.
the Taimani family, Bay, uh, the Baylises, Donna for her birthday, Grace, uh, Kiara, and, and Ben, and Sandra, Lord, just Joshua, and the daughter too, Shalom, in Jesus' name. And we're praying for Andrew that he would be an ambassador of Shalom. As he goes to America, as he goes to different places in California and Texas, as he goes to England, he's a part of this family. And thank you that he's a part of this family. And we send them out with our blessing. And we look forward to seeing them again, too. But we pray that you would keep him safe in his travels, safe from COVID, safe from any type of attacks, uh, and that he would, bring, he would be a shalom bringer. He would bring your kingdom everywhere he goes, and that you would provide for him and open up doors for him and give him favor and do miracles through his life. Let the river of God flow through Andrew. We bless him in the mighty name of Jesus that he would be blessed and anointed and filled with your spirit and that you would protect his home here as he, he leaves uh, and as he works, bless the work of his hands, uh, protect his home here and watch over him, Lord. We're, we're believing for great things, great reports and testimonies to come from Andrew in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, and the last thing, last thing we're doing is communion. But we'll just have one song of worship, and then we'll have communion. Is that okay? Oh, yeah, we got to pray for Chris, too. Yeah. So we're going to have communion soon. But we'll pray, please come and extend your hands toward Chris. Father, the loss of Chris's sister, the one sister that really reached out to Chris, we pray for comforting of Chris's heart and salvation for his whole family, that you'd comfort Chris's heart and his mind and that you would be closer to him in this time. You would uphold him and sustain him. Let your love come in, Father. Let your love come in to Chris. Take that, that weight and that burden off of him. Keep him, Father. Shine your face upon him. Strengthen him with peace and shalom. Uh, we claim that scripture for him. Yahweh blesses his people with peace, with strength. Thank you, Jesus.